Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Craig Dyson. My wife, Kara, and I are the pastors of Convo Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Anyway, okay. But today is special because today is actually our very first time as a church doing what we call Vision Sunday. Now, Vision Sunday, in the years to come, it'll become a lot more exciting and even hopefully something that like as we get closer and closer to it throughout the year that, that we get kind of get hyped up for, we get excited about. Vision Sunday is the time of year where we get to, as a church, we get to kind of celebrate what we saw God do in the last year and we get to talk about what we feel like God is showing us to do in the upcoming year. Now, I don't know about you, but I, we should never, ever, ever look at our relationship with God, either individually or as a church, as just something that exists on a week-to-week basis. You need to know that when it comes to your life and when it comes to the existence of our church and even the kingdom of God, that God is a vision God. He has things that he desires to accomplish. He has things that he desires to do. We live in a broken world that God loves, and God wants to make his love known to our broken world so that we don't continue to exist in a state of brokenness. Did you know that? God doesn't just want to love you in your brokenness. He actually wants to bring you to a place of wholeness and to a place of salvation, a place of spiritual health and physical health and growth. And that doesn't happen if you just wake up, go through the motions, go to sleep, and that's your life. It doesn't happen. You have to be intentional about seeking out who God is and also seeking out the plans that God has for your life. And so we're gonna, in just a moment, we're gonna open the Bible and and, uh, our our Vision Sunday kind of has three main components. The first component is kind of a praise report celebrating what God did in the year before, which, guys, even as I was going through some of these things and kind of making notes for today, I, I was actually blown away with some of the things that, that God has accomplished through you guys, through our church, just in three months. Because when we look at 2018, most of that was spent with y'all not knowing who we were because we were building a team and trying to launch. We actually had like three months of like church stuff in, in 2018. And to see what God did in three months absolutely blows my mind. So we, there's that. There's also a, a section where we're gonna talk about really prophetic direction from scripture, prophetic word of the year, what we feel like God is speaking to Convo Church. And then the last part is, is, uh, is announcing kind of new vision initiatives, things that, that we're gonna step into. And honestly, some of them make me a little bit nervous, but I feel confident that it's something that God is asking us to church as a church to do and to step out in, in faith. Uh, but let me give you a scripture first. I'm actually gonna put three different versions of this one scripture up on the screen because this is kind of one of the more famous verses in the Bible where it talks about having vision. Uh, one of the you know more traditional translations say, without vision, people perish. And I think that if you just read that at face value, it's like, oh my gosh, that sounds horrible. Like if I, if I don't have vision for my life, then I'm gonna die, oh my gosh. And, and it's not really exactly the true picture of what this passage is saying. So look at this. In, in the New Living Translation, it says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. Now, same verse in in another translation here in the English Standard Version. It says, where there is no prophetic vision, you can kind of see how the word's being broken down from divine guidance to prophetic vision. People cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. And then here's from the message uh, translation. I love the way that it verbalizes this. Check this out. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. 
I love it so much. As we use the word vision, again, the word vision in our context is not the same thing as just you on your own just coming up with the plan, like coming up with your own idea and having like a, you know, I got a five-year plan ahead of me. This is what I'm going to do. Uh, this really, these verses in the, the use of the word vision, you know, divine guidance, prophetic vision, uh, seeing what God is doing is painting this picture of a divine revelation. If it's a divine revelation, where does that come from? It comes from God. It doesn't come just from us. It's, a great, it's great when the partnership works out. You know, we're, 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 we're me and God, we're just in sync and we're communicating. I'm hearing his heart. But sometimes for me, I get ahead of God. Has anyone ever done that? We're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I got it. God, I got it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm gonna, I got these plans. I'm going to start this business. I'm going to go here and go there. And sometimes I feel like God just sits back and he smiles. He's, he's not smacking me upside my head because I'm kind of going off on my own. He just sit back and smiles until he, I, I take a breath and I pause. He's like, are you, are you ready? Are you ready to hear what, what I have to say about this? Because here's the deal. This is what we have to understand. Number one is the foundation that God is a good God. And so the plans that he has for you are not to make you do something or be something or accomplish something that you're going to hate or dislike or, you know, he's not going to make you, you know, leave everything that you've ever loved and go do everything that, that you now hate because you just got to sacrifice for Jesus. Like, that's not how it works. God has good plans for you and he wants you to know what those things are. He has good plans for Convo Church and I believe, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that what we're sharing today, I'm believing that what we share is something that is God breathed and not something that just, you know, Kara and I are sitting around, we're like, we got to come up with something. So like, what are we going to, what are we going to do this year? God desires you to live a life filled with purpose and vision, but led by divine guidance, God breathed revelation, led by what God is doing. So I don't know about you, I want to be doing, I want my life to count for what God is doing, not what I'm trying to get God to do through me. Does that make sense? How do we get divine guidance and, and God-breathed revelation? It sounds super intense. You have to be like a really spiritual person to do this. No, that's not true. I think there's, I put down four very simple things. I'm just going to go through these quick. The first one is prayer. The more, and it sounds, I'm trying to oversimplify it because I really do believe that it is a simple process to get God's vision for your life. Pray. The more that you pray and draw close to God, the more clearly you will get direct you will get direction from him. Number two, from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God is who will give you revelation. And now number three, most importantly, is scripture. And this is why it's the most important because the Bible will always confirm what you believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And if you receive revelation that contradicts the Bible or goes against the Bible or even adds to what the Bible says, then we are seeing and hearing incorrectly on that specific thing. And when we have those moments, we need to pause, back up, and recenter, and it actually connects to number four, which is godly counsel. People that are ahead of you in your journey with God who are proven, who know more Bible than you. It's not about being better than somebody, but when I'm gonna go for advice, I'm not gonna go to somebody who, who knows less than I know. I wanna go to somebody who's where I'm at or ahead of where I'm at so they can speak wisdom and knowledge and understanding into my life. And so if you put those together, you got a prayer, you're seeking the Holy Spirit, you're looking at scripture, and you've got people around you that can give you godly counsel and speak into your life, that is a formula for getting God's vision for your life. But we got to realize that a vision-filled life is a God-directed life. That is such an important revelation that we need to hang on to. We don't get vision for our life and then inform God how he can help us with our vision. We live the life that God lays before us and guides and finds joy in the direction that, that God gives. 
Now, that doesn't mean that God won't redirect you sometimes. Like, oh, I'm going this way, this is going great. doesn't mean that God's not going to say, actually, you should go this direction. But what it does mean is that when you go in this direction, that what he has for you is going to be infinitely better than what you were trying to fabricate before. And let me tell you something. When you're doing what God is already breathing on, it's going to be easier than what you were trying to do. It's not necessarily going to be easy, but it sure as heck will be easier than you working your tail off and grinding your fingers to the bone and stressing and sweating and bleeding, trying to make something happen when God is saying, hey, hey, over here, shortcut, shortcut. Come over here. I've got a way for you that's going to be better. It's going to be more fruitful. It's going to accomplish more. That's the type of thing that I want to be a part of. You'll never see where God is going or what God is doing when you are looking backwards. Paul says this in Philippians 3.13. He's talking about even in his own life, his own journey. He says, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Now, if you were to kind of see the original language of what Paul was talking about, he's not just saying ignoring the past. He's saying moving, moving forward from the past. I think it's, it, is, it is ignorant to ignore the past because we learn from our past, don't we? We learn, oh, that didn't work. <laughs> or, okay, I, I keep doing this over and over and it's still producing the same bad result. I, I think I should probably change my course of direction. Like even in our culture today, one of the things that we are seeing that is actually very negative in our nation, in our nation's culture, even in our world, is we are ignoring the past and trying to move forward, which is actually turned around and we're moving backwards where we need to be aware of what history says, aware of our past, aware of the mistakes that have been made either that we've made or that generations before have made and begin to move forward where God is trying to take us. So I wanna start off with, we're gonna start off with celebrating what God has done. Okay, and this is, this is interactive because I don't wanna be excited and then look out there and y'all just staring at me. There's nothing more depressing than to be on, on an island of celebration, okay? So I need y'all to be excited about this with me. The first First thing I want to talk about, thank you, a little bit early on the queue, but we're good. Um, a financial celebration. Now, this is a big deal. Now, check this out. In 2018, uh, we saw $215,000 come in to Convo Church. Now, check this out. Okay, that's not bad. It was a little slow, but we're getting there. We have some things. Now, check this out. Now, a vast majority of that came in before we actually launched, before September 23rd, because we were fundraising our tails off. And, and these are individuals and other churches that literally were hearing the vision that Kara and I were sharing and said, we believe in what God is going to do in Reno. We believe in Convo Church. What they were actually saying is they believe in you. They believe in what God wants to do here. And they were investing into our church. Uh, from that $215,000, 42000 of that came in from September 23rd to the end of the year. And so, which is really good. That's really good. Now, I will say, I will also say kind of as an encouragement, but also painting an accurate picture is that still now, probably close to half, maybe 40 to 50% of what we see come in on a consistent basis is still from people that are supporting from the outside. And that is very normal when a new church plant starts because we, where it's kind of like when you, you know, you're, when you have a baby, you don't send that baby out to go get a job right away. It's got to grow up. It's got to develop, you know, and so we still have individuals and it's a blessing, trust me, that are sowing into you guys, that are sowing into our church. And as we grow as a church and we all begin to grow in the biblical culture, of what it means to invest our, ourselves, not just our time, but even our finances into our home church, we will see some of those numbers begin to change. Now, now check this out. Now thinking, we got a, the pie chart. I made a pie chart. Anybody here get excited about pie charts? Oh, I'm, okay. I'm surprised. Of course, Dan, I, I see you over here. 
I'm surprised. I thought maybe like two or three hands, but maybe y'all are just helping me be excited. Okay. Now you'll see up here, um, it says generosity. It says generosity at 7%. That's true, but it's deceiving because here's the deal. We, we didn't really become a church until September 23rd. So since September 23rd to the end of the year, this is what you guys have been able to do. And I say you guys because it comes from what you guys have, have contributed. We have submitted or given $7,600 into more church planning. Yes, that's awesome. We have uh, into, into ConvoCare, which is how we, what we're doing to serve our city. We have given $834 into ConvoCare, and that's, that's just the beginning. Uh, human trafficking is something that is a huge vision part of Convo Church is being a part of that in our city specifically. We have given $3,290 into human trafficking in our region. Another section called Benevolence and Blessing, and, and some of that would include for Thanksgiving when we, uh, when we, do, when we took care of 10 families that are in this school uh, who were under, under uh, privileged families that just didn't have anything. And uh, so that goes into that. That's uh, $1,250 that we gave from Convo Church into some of those areas as well. So check this out. So that brings that our, our generosity total of us being a church that is, generosity is our lifestyle, it's a part of our culture. So we have given out since our launch $12,974 from Convo, in, out of Convo, into our city and beyond. So, so if you compare that number to actually the 42,000 that has come in since we launched, that means that we have, I saw this and I'm like, really? Wow, okay, that's, that's incredibly generous. We have given 30% of what we have taken in since launch out into our city, into our community, into planting more churches. So this is, why, this is why we want to communicate this stuff to you guys as a church and not some private board meeting, because we want you to know a couple of things. When we say we're a generous church, we're not just kind of blowing smoke in your face. We are a generous church. And honestly, maybe in 2018, I would love to see that percentage maybe at 20%. But how many of you are living a life where you are already just right off the top? I'm giving 20%. Listen, we are a church that will be a generous church, and I want you to know something. You can trust Convo Church and our finances because stewardship is a big deal to us. Not only are we accountable uh, to our church, we are also accountable professionally to our board. We have to uh, provide reports that that even the uh, the IRS and all that good stuff get to see what's going on because you need to know we are a church that is going to steward what God puts in this, whether it's people, whether it's money, whether it's vision, whether it's dreams, whether it's people that are looking for help, we are going to do our best. And so we are going to continue to build a culture that says, that tells you, you know what, I can invest in Convo Church because I know that God's going to use it to do more than I could do on my own. Can I get an amen? All right. Spiritual celebration. And again, this is only three months worth of time. Check this out. In three months of time, in 2018, we saw 111 people give their life to Jesus right here in Convo Church. We have baptized 15 people in Convo Church since the beginning of our launch. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. I would, I would love to see the number between those that are saying yes to Jesus and being, I would love to see that kind of come up. But if you were, this is, this is still above national average, which I don't hold as our standard, but it's good to have something to kind of compare it to. On average, we have seen uh, an average attendance here of 120 people each week on a Sunday. We have seen an average of 13 people in Engage every single week. If you're a guest, Engage is how you get connected here at Convo Church. On average, we have about 33 kids in Convo Kids every single week. 
Just in the first three months through ConvoCare, we were a part of serving uh, at least 400 meals to the homeless community in our area. Uh, we hosted our, the very first A21 Walk for Freedom against human trafficking in Reno ever. We launched nine crew, well, technically this is part of this year, but I had to throw it in anyway. We've launched nine crews, those are our small groups, that have an average weekly attendance of somewhere around 55 people. And some of those are people that haven't even set foot in a convo yet. And so that's, that's what we're doing, that's what we're talking about. Last but not least, this doesn't seem very spiritual, but I think it's important. We have, on Instagram, we have 1,049 followers. On Facebook, we have 595 followers. And you know, what, you know why that's important? Because it is an extra mouthpiece of who we are. And it gives you and us, by the way, if you haven't followed us yet, what's your deal? Come on. Just break out your phone right now, at Convo Church, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, leave a review, and then invite all of your friends. Okay. So this is now, now I want to go into what God is speaking for 2019. And, uh, and this is a big deal. So if you have, if you have a Bible with you, uh, if you don't, it's okay. You can always open it up uh, on the Version Bible app. Everybody should have that on their phone. Puts the Bible at your fingertips. Uh, I'm going to be reading from the Old Testament. As I prayed and I was like, God, you know, I want to, don't just give me a concept. Give me, give me a scripture. Give me something from your word that you are speaking to to Convo Church for this year. And let me tell you, when, when God speaks something for this church, it's also for you. When you become a part of a church, you are becoming a part of what God is doing through that church. So God told me to um, Ezekiel 37, and, uh, and in all honesty, every single time I read through this, it, it gets to me. It makes me a little bit emotional, so if that happens, just bear with me. Um, because every time I read these words, it's, I'm not just reading words, I can actually see I can visualize in our city what God is wanting to do. So in Ezekiel, uh, which is kind of close, if you go right in the middle, it's kind of close in the middle, it's in the Old Testament. We're in chapter 37, and the caption over this particular uh, section of Scripture is called the Valley of Dry Bones. And Ezekiel is an Old Testament prophet uh, that God would speak to consistently to bring uh, prophetic words and prophetic revelation, divine revelation to the nation of Israel. And so much of what uh, Ezekiel's ministry did to communicate to Israel is now also equally applicable to the church today. And you'll, I hope you'll see it as we go through. I'm reading from, starting in verse 1, going through verse 14, and so it'll be on the screen behind me too. It says, The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. And he led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. And they were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. And then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. And then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you, make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. And then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. And suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. And the bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. And then I watched muscle and flesh form over these bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. And then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, 
from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. And so I spoke the message as he commanded me and breath came into their bodies and they all came to life and they stood up on their feet, a great army. And then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. And they are saying, we have become old dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. And then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And when this happens, oh, my people, you will know that I am the Lord and I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. And then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. There's something so powerful about this because we live in a valley. We're surrounded by mountains. And, and I remember even as I was reading this and I'm, you know, I felt like the Holy Spirit led me to this passage and, he's, and I'm reading this about the nation of Israel, which at the time was constantly back and forth in captivity and being oppressed and, and feeling like all hope was gone and their, it seemed like their purpose and it seemed like their destiny and the, the prophetic insight and the prophetic revelation of, of who they were supposed to be was completely dead. And I began to think about our city and began to think about what's, what's happening in our region. And, and one of the reasons I remember why Kara and I even chose Reno as the place where we felt like God was calling us to bring Combo Church was one, because it was one of the most unchurched cities in America, but not just the church component. It was because of all the negative stats that are stacked up against this region. And I can't tell you how many people I am hearing from, from outside of our region, People that are in the church world that are, that are, that are fully uh, involved with faith and, and seeing revival come to our nation that are speaking about the role that they see Reno playing and what God wants to do in our nation. And so I remember when we first started telling people, like, yeah, Reno's where we're going to go. And, and uh, just, you know, you can imagine the looks on their faces, like, you know, see, like, a dog when a dog's confused and just kind of turns its head and kind of looks up at you. And Reno. Like, what's in Reno? I'd be like, well, it's about to be a kick-butt church in Reno. It's about to happen. But, and I said, there's some awesome people in Reno that need Jesus. That's why Reno. And we came here, and even as we got here, we began to see the, the full spectrum of, of what the challenges that lie ahead. Is that even though we are surrounded with probably, arguably, some of the most amazing people on the planet, in our city, and it's growing, we see brokenness beyond comprehension. And so I, I, I kind of got myself into a point where I felt like I was having a, a vision of what God was speaking. And, and I looked around our valley, and I could see the bones scattered all over our valley as well. But the, the bones that I saw had words inscribed on them. And I began to write these down as I saw them. And these were some of the words that were, on, that were inscribed on many of the bones that laid around our city's valley. Addiction, broken families, orphan children, homelessness, slaves, Bullied, lost, hopeless, fatherless, deceived, rejected. Those are the ones that I could see. I don't know if there was more, but those were the ones that God allowed me to see that were inscribed on the, on the dead, dried up, bleached bones that laid all over our city. In the same way God spoke to the prophet Ezekiel and told him to prophesy to these dry bones, I could hear the Holy Spirit speaking to me in the same manner. And he was saying, well, what are, you, what are you gonna do about this? Are we just gonna try to find the people that are alive and gather them together? Or, or are you going to speak to what is dead and begin to speak life into what everyone else has given up on? 
You know what else people told me when, after I came here, which is always good? They're like, oh, man, Reno's where pastors go to die. Reno's, and I'm serious. And some of those were from pastors. And I'm like, well, thank you, man of faith, for that lovely encouragement. I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> didn't, didn't appreciate it too much. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh, uh, I just felt like God was compelling me so strongly to say, do you believe that you can also speak to the death that exists in your city, in your valley, and see that which was dead now come back to life? And I said, yes. Most of me believed it. <laughs> the other half is, this is a tall, this is a tall order. This is a lot because brokenness doesn't just, oh, hey, don't be broken anymore. Oh, you're, you know, you're, you're an orphan child. And, and, and did, you know that, did you know that a child can be orphaned before it's even born? I'm going to save that maybe for another week, but I want us to consider that. That there are children all over our region, unborn and born, that are completely orphaned. That uh, there are so, and here, here's another thing too. We will speak to things to speak life into it that are maybe things that you find yourself maybe even in the middle of. And we're not just speaking to our city, we're speaking to you. We're speaking life into your situation. But you need to know that we will, as a church, we will talk about things that maybe are, are still exposed nerves in your life. And just know that it's safe. Just know that we're doing it out of love and out of grace. We're not gonna not talk about stuff just because it might actually impact somebody. That's the opposite of what we're here to do. But we're here to do everything in love and in grace. We have the ability to speak life. And actually, for, I think that's our theme for this entire year, is that phrase, speak life speak life. We could preach forever just on the power of your words and that your tongue has the power of life and death and the things, so much of the things that you want to see changed in your life, I will not underestimate the power of if you began to talk differently to yourself about what is happening in your life, you have the power to begin to transform the initial part of what needs to be done and then God will take it where you can't take it. But we're gonna speak life into our city. We're gonna speak life to addiction. We're gonna speak life to broken families. We're gonna speak life to the orphaned. Come on, we're gonna speak life into our homeless situation. It's not just about getting them out of our city so that our city can be clean. It's about ministering to those that find themselves in that situation so that their life can be transformed. We're gonna speak life to the slaves. We're gonna speak life to the bullied. We're gonna speak life to the lost, to the hopeless, to the fatherless, to the deceived and the they're rejected. Sorry, I got it. Got going too much and forgot to breathe. <clears throat> Throughout this entire interaction with Ezekiel and God, you'll notice that God never once spoke to the bones. Why? Because God told Ezekiel to do it. God's not gonna. We're, we sit, we're sitting around in our recliners of life and despair, fussing at God about why he's not fixing stuff. Fussing at God about how come you haven't done this? I thought your word said you'd do this. And Ezekiel very easily as, a, as an Israelite and as a prophet could have said, God, how come all these things are happening to our people, to our nation? How, many, how come we're seeing all this stuff happen that's so negative? How come our nation's falling apart? How come families are falling apart? How come everything that used to be evil is now called good and things that were called good are now called evil? And God's saying, if you would just... Lean into me. I have something to say that I want you to speak to. God spoke to Ezekiel 
so that Ezekiel could speak to the bones. Listen, God is not short on what his thoughts and his words and his desires are for our world. What he is short on are people that will listen and then go and speak. So this year, we're gonna speak life. This year, we are going to speak up. Not just, it's not just like a social media thing. It's not just a vocal thing. It sure as heck is not a political thing, but our voices will be heard. Because silence is what gets us in the position of being far from where God desires us to be. And we won't do that. Romans 10, 9 and 9 through, um, 10 through 15, it says this. For if it is by believing in your hearts that you are made right with God, it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Who? Everyone. Now check this out. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. And I, I know I've heard the thing, you know, love, you know, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. I see it, I hear it, I get it, I, I agree with that. Don't just go into your workplace and crack open a Bible and start screaming scriptures at people. For the love of God, please don't do that. But I am so sick and tired of that statement being used as an example for Christians to not have any backbone, not have any conviction, not begin to communicate love and grace through your words because we're afraid of what will happen. We're actually afraid that God won't come through and do what he said he will do. But this, this passage ends in Ezekiel with God saying, hey, didn't I do what I said I would do? I am the Lord, I have done what I said I would do. And if we would give God a chance to do what he said he will do, we are gonna have our minds blown with what we report when we get to this time next year. <laughs> Having that said, my last few minutes here, y'all ready for some 2019 vision? Ready for some 2019 vision? I'm telling you that there is a harvest of dry bones in our region that we are going to speak life into, and we are going to do it together. It's not Pastor Craig's going to do it, Pastor Kerry's going to do it, Dream Team members are going to do it. No, God has called every single one of us to be a part of this. Here's number one. Here's addition number one. Y'all ready? Convo Youth. Convo Youth. It's time to speak life into the next generation. This year we will be launching a youth movement from our church that is going to transform the generation in our city. We're not just starting, we're not, we're not forgetting the older generation, but there is something about investing in the younger generation to prepare them to take us where we aren't even capable of going. And we're gonna do that pretty soon here. You can, this is another reason to follow us on social media because you begin to hear what's going on, see what's going on, see opportunities. But here in the near future, we're gonna be doing kind of a, an interest party type of thing for church uh, members that wanna be a part of helping to launch Convo Youth. So just keep your ears open. We'll be communicating more about that here in the near future. But my wife and I, we did over a decade of youth ministry. We have a great passion to see teenagers be what God has called them to be. Children and teenagers don't get a miniature Holy Spirit inside of them. They get a full-grown, bad-to-the-bone Holy Spirit 
and we want to unleash them to get into our schools and to the sports programs and to their clubs and to their circles of influence and see something amazing happen. Number two, this is an expansion. This is actually taking things to the next level here from the year before. Number two, Convocare. Let's talk about this. Convocare is it's already in existence, but just in its infant uh, form, just because we wanted to get the ball rolling. We saw some things where we're like, hey, Convo can be a part of this to serve our city, but we want to take it to the next level this year. And so Convo, uh, uh, this year we're going to be speaking life into the needs of our city. We have right now, I think we did two last year, we have six uh, feeds that we are preparing to feed the homeless community in our city this year. And if my calculations are right, that will set us up to serve at least 1,200 meals to the homeless uh, population in our city. Uh, plus, every summer we have this thing that's called Serve Day. And a Serve Day is where not just us, but churches that are connected to us all over the country, we find different areas in our city, and we go and we take that entire day to literally just go serve tangible needs in our city. And uh, Randy, Randy Power is our, our leader for this. She's awesome. And... Um, so she's somebody you can connect with. Number three, and not all of these are brand new, but it's all of these, if they aren't new, are gonna be taken to another level this year. Number three, uh, more with human trafficking and slavery this year. Uh, we're gonna be more involved than we've ever been before. We're gonna push conversations to see what we can do to not just, not just to be generous financially, uh, because we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. There are people that are killing the game in our area, uh, especially Awaken as, a, as an organization that is uh, just, just completely just going after it for Northern Nevada. And uh, we love them. We have relationship with them. So not only are we going to be investing into them, we encourage you to even be pursuing them and how you can volunteer because they need more volunteers to get out and handle. They're not, they're not just an organization that is a, against human trafficking. They are an organization that is literally getting in the trenches with women who were caught in prostitution, who were caught in trafficking, who are trying to make a way for them to be able to transform their life and start something new. All right, here we go. Number four, church pioneering. Come on, somebody. This is a big deal because we are a pioneered church. Church pioneering, I think, is actually different than church planting. Church pioneering means you're going into territory that has to be pioneered. You're not just going into an area where there's already thousands and whatever of, you know, percentage of people that are in church. And no, we're, we're wanting to plant churches in the western part of our country, starting with our own city, so that we can impact the most unchurched areas left in our country. We want to go not to the easy places. We want to go to the places where, where it's going to be a challenge, where it's going to take men and women of faith who are willing to count the costs and go out there and make stuff happen. So, I mean, we have a desire, let alone in our own region, to see a Convo Church location within 15 minutes of anybody in our region. And so that means we got a lot of work to do. That means there's going to be things that have to develop. That means there's going to have to be finances like there's never been before because we're literally looking to fund a move of God to see something substantial happen in our region and beyond. And, tell, and I'm telling you, that's not going to happen in 2019, but we are starting to put our hearts and our minds together. I wanted to keep this on the forefront of our minds as a church, that we are not just a church trying to build our one uh, trick pony right here, so to speak, that we are a church that wants to expand and multiply. It's not about us. It's for us, but it's not about us. What we are about is doing whatever it takes to make sure every single human being gets to experience the love and the grace of God. 
Last year, we gave almost $8,000 towards church planning. Uh, we will continue, uh, literally 10%. We tithe into church planning. That's how much we believe in it. Convo Church tithes 10% of what comes in every single month into church planning. And then on top of that, we go above and beyond to sow into other areas of our city. But we're gonna continue to do that because we believe in the church. We believe that Jesus is doing the church thing. The church is, is a big part of God's heart. Therefore, it will be our priority. It's not just something that we attend. It's gonna be a priority for us in our life. All right, number five, here we go. We've got a couple left. Convo broadcast. <laughs> Y'all are great. Let me elaborate. We want to create, um, we kind of have two stages that, that we see that we want to accomplish. The first thing is that there are a lot of people who would be interested in connecting with our church that are so nervous to come into a church environment that they would much rather be able to see us from a distance before they decide to come into the doors of our church. And so not only do we want to create more resources so that we, what gets preached on Sunday is made more available in podcasts as well, we want to be able to video record our messages so that they are placed on our own YouTube channel, put on Facebook. We can put them all over the place. You can listen to them whenever you want. You can share them whenever you want. But it also gives people the opportunity to get a feel and a handle for who Convo Church is before they kind of work up the, the nerve uh, to come here for themselves. And, uh, and so phase one is being able to kind of record our messages and, uh, and be able to place them online. Phase two, which I don't uh, hopefully maybe we can do it by this, the fall of this year. I don't know if we can. We'll see how it goes. If not, we'll get it into 2020. But we would love to also provide a live stream of our full service uh, so that people, not just in our area, then literally it becomes available around the world, can tune into what we're doing here and to what God's doing here. And hopefully it will inspire and encourage and build people up all around the world. And, uh, and so that's something that we're going to do. And, and right now the initial investment of that is probably going to be somewhere around $6,000 to, because I'm, I'm not going to put us online and make us look like some ministry in somebody's basement with somebody's like, you know, VHS handheld camcorder trying to record stuff. We ain't doing that. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it the right way. We're going to do it with excellence. And so we want to have the right equipment so that we can do it right. And we need more of you to decide that you're going to be a part of our production team. Because our production team, Matt, I think I heard Matt somewhere. I think I heard Matt somewhere getting, getting the Holy Ghost. Anyway, um, he's our production team leader. And uh, more people, whether it's manning a camera, whether it's the technical stuff of editing before and afterwards, uh, we're going to be expanding that. I'm really excited about that. I think that's going to be something that's going to make a difference and increase how we can expand the message that God's given us. Our last two here, and this is something that it, it's coming, and it's, whether we like it or not, it's going to come, but we're going we're gonna to do it right. And that is our first ever Easter at Convo. Our first ever Easter at Convo. For us, Easter means cross equals love. For Convo Church, that would, that's what Easter is gonna mean for us. Cross equals love. Because people need to realize that whether they are a Christian or not, whether they go to church or they don't, everybody recognizes the cross. But I don't think everybody fully understands what the cross is. And we're gonna make sure that more than one time a year, but definitely at the time where most people will ever set foot into a church, that we are gonna let them know that the cross equals love. It doesn't equal judgment. It doesn't equal religion. It doesn't equal rules. It equals love. And that's gonna be our theme. We even, on the day before 
Easter are going to be putting together some type of elaborate outreach where we are going to hopefully find a, whether it's a school football field or something, where we can come in and set up live music and stuff for the kids and rides and bring in a helicopter to drop Easter eggs on the ground. We're going to go for it and we're going to need you to make that happen because I can't make that happen myself. And it's going to be incredible. Listen, we are willing to do whatever it takes to go out of our way, out of our convenience so that people will take notice of it. When they take notice of it, what does that give us a chance to do? To connect with people and build relationship with people and to let them know that church isn't just a bunch of weirdos getting together, being weird about stuff, but that we actually are people that are just like them that encountered a God that loves us and we want them to know just as much of what we'd have experienced. Last but not least, last but not least, this is where we end right here. Last but not least, and this may not sound spiritual, but so much of the other six elements that we communicated aren't possible if number seven doesn't happen, which is worship experience growth. Worship experience growth. If you don't know what a worship experience is, this. We don't really call it a service, because what does that mean? We're having a service. No, we're having a worship experience up in this place. And we want to grow this worship experience. This is what we want to grow, not just people attending. We want to grow our dream team. Here's our goal. Between, uh, before we get to June of this year, I would love to see every single one of our teams at least double in their size. Some of them maybe even triple. And this is why we want to do that. Not because, uh, you know, oh, it's so hard for people to serve and, and have to come every week and it's so hard to, to love Jesus and to love people. No, that's not it. We want to do that because we are preparing ourselves to be ready when it's time for us to go to multiple worship experiences or when it's time for us to go and launch another location of Convo Church somewhere in our region. We're not gonna wait until God says, all right, now here's the opportunity. And then we're like, okay, we should probably prepare for that now. Let's, let's build a team. No, we wanna be a type of church that is ready and just waiting for God to pull the trigger so that we can say go and we can take off. And so listen, that means every single one of you has a place that is going to create strength in Convo Church. God doesn't add people into the church for any reason other than to build you up and to build the church up together. You have something that we can't be until you're a part of what we're doing. And we wanna see every single person become a part of our dream team. When we have multiple services, here's the cool thing. Everybody will have the chance to serve in one service and sit in the other service. That's the serve one, uh, uh, sit one is really our goal because then, you know, we have margin. We don't have everybody, you know, that have people that have been uh, in Convo Kids ever since September 23rd and had, they don't even know you they, they, unless you're picking up a child. But it gives margin because other people will see the fulfillment of serving in Convo Kids and other Convo Kids team members will see, oh, so this is what my church is actually doing. Yeah. So we're trying to work that out. Does that make sense? So listen, this is what we're about. This is what we're going for this year. We are going to speak life like we never have before. We're going to step out and say, God, I don't know really how we're going to do all this, but we're going to say yes to you, Jesus, and we're going to believe that what you said is possible. We're going to see the dry bones of our city come to life in Jesus' name. Do you believe it? Come on, can you see it? You're going to make it happen? Don't be somebody that's like, all right, that's awesome, Pastor Craig. Good, Go for it. <laughs> please, please help. No. Now, I want to pray for you this morning because here's the deal. Um, this is obviously not a typical message as far as just kind of getting into teaching and whatever, but there's so much. Even, even if you go home today during halftime, because the halftime show might be okay, I don't know. Um, 
Crack open Ezekiel 37 and begin to read those first 14 uh, verses because God has something there that he wants to speak to you. It's not just for the church. It's not just some ambiguous message. It's something I believe that God wants to do in all of our lives. He's going to speak life and breathe life into the dry bones that are inside of us. Thanks again for listening to the Convo Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message, do us a favor. Subscribe to this podcast, rate and review us on iTunes, and share our podcast with your family, friends, and team members. If you live in the Reno area, come and be a part of Convo Church. Check us out on ConvoChurch.com and follow us on social media at Convo Church. We'll see you next time here on the Convo Church Podcast.